Hello, listener friends. It's me, Christopher Thomas Plant. And I'm Russ Frustick. And welcome to The Resties, a video game podcast about the good games and not so much the bad ones. That's that's a new test. We might land on it might be a situation where we land on something after like a year. We'll just like we haven't even guaranteed that we'll do this for a year. But I feel like that's when it would maybe click as we land on something that everyone's happy with. And we just stick with that for the rest of the time. So it sounds like you're telling me I didn't get it in this one. I mean, it's just very wordy. Mm. Video game podcast about the good games and not so much about the bad ones. It also kind of ends on a downer. Yeah. You know, like, it's about the good games, but not that crap that, you know, your friend. Yeah, we're trying to bring happiness here. It's supposed to be up. Yeah, that's true. That is, it is supposed to be up. So let's talk about that. Hey, everybody. This week, we're talking about a lot. We're talking about Spookware, uh, our, I would say, favorite new game for the Halloween season. Not of the Halloween season, but for the Halloween season. I don't know the difference. We'll get into that. Plus, oh. uh, along with that, we will be talking about what we've been playing, including, that's right, Russ Freshit cannot wait for it, more Tales of Arise. I've been assured that it's not a lot more. Did you like that that dramatic pause was almost as long as playing the entire game? <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, we're going to talk about our recommendations of the week, which we, we always do. Uh, and by always, I mean... We did it once before, and now we're just going to keep doing it in perpetuity. Love it. So, first up, Spookware, and why it kind of has clicked for me this season. I mentioned this game briefly on um, on Besties Prime, uh, but to remind people of how it works, it, it's basically, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Fresh, because you just started playing it, Haunted... WarioWare. Uh, yeah, so it's WarioWare. Imagine WarioWare. And for people that don't know WarioWare, we did a whole episode about a recent WarioWare game with Ron Funches a few weeks ago. But basically, a lot of mini games that you can beat in like three seconds or six seconds, and you're just kind of getting thrown a ton of those. So that's Spookware. But there's two caveats I wanted to mention. Caveat A, all of the mini games have some sort of horror or uh sort of underworldly bent to them so think skeletons and people with knives and that sort of thing limbs getting cut off like horror horror tropes so there's that element and layered on top of that instead of just you know warrior generally just throws the mini games at you is also like a point and click almost adventure game yeah. And so when you're interacting with various people, you're doing these mini games, but they kind of tie into the story of the adventure game. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good way of putting it. And then the aesthetic is like very, um, I would say like riffing on that PS1, PlayStation 1, uh, kind of grimy, yeah. low Yeah, it's very look. dirty. Yeah, where it's like, oh, we could only get eight polygons to make the world. <laughs> so we actually are putting just a whole bunch of 2D layers in here uh but we hey we did make a room half of a room uh so <laughs> you kind of get the feeling that you're in a three-dimensional space i i love the look of this game it is the look is great autumnal lots of like oranges and browns and like deep reds um 
Yeah, I'm not one for colors, so I won't speak to the color choices, but oh, yeah, I'll say just the overall style of it. You mentioned PS1, which I think is accurate. What I think is really cool is that they blend like very shitty photographs, like JPEGs of like a school, for example, with like low res polygons with like hand drawn art in like very bizarre. Like you've landed on some weird Netscape page from 1994 and suddenly there's three skeletons doing like Three Stooges bits. It's just this weird amalgam of like six different things at once and I'm really digging it. Yeah, and and like that is the game. The game is the personality. And I guess this is true of most, you know, micro game games like WarioWare. The micro games themselves are fine. Like they're a way of engaging with, the the world that these weird skeleton characters inhabit and we can talk about them very briefly uh but the real fun of it is like just seeing the world the the game opens in their like basement den where they are playing micro games together and they have like the three skeletons yeah the three skeletons who are your 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 kind of main squad of characters and then uh, very early on they take a car to the school because they decide to enroll in school for reasons um and watching them explore this world that is kind of just as strange as they are is it's super nice it's super nice you know i i I, i've been watching a lot of horror movies lately uh this year which i i know i've talked about on the show before um but despite like getting into like i guess more r-rated horror i have like a real soft spot for 1980s pg horror where they Mm. hadn't really figured out pg-13 yet so you're watching a movie that was like four kids but then just had moments of like very gruesome gore or the adults were just kind of like not behaving right for a kid's movie this kind of falls into that terrain yeah it's definitely not what i would show like an eight-year-old or maybe an eight-year-old i think eight is probably okay but like a six-year-old certainly not it's (laughs) I mean, like some of the mini games are like, I'm going to cut this head off and there's just like a shitload of blood and that's the mini game. <laughs> but it doesn't look real. We should clarify. This, no, th- this that is, is true. not like grotesque. It is very, um, it, it's very like, I don't know, like, like paper dolls almost. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, uh, paper doll style. It also, it has like this veneer of like, you're watching it on a shitty VHS tape. So everything is sort of washed out. And blurry. There's, n- uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's inappropriate, it, but it does have like a lot of blood and guts. So that's something to keep in mind. But also, like the goofiness of it sort of counter uh, counterweighs the like gore of it. Where like one of the mini games that jumps to mind was like you're presented with like a bunch of skeleton pieces, and there's a body in front of you, a skeleton in front of you that's missing those bones. And you have to like very quickly place the bones there. And then at the end, it just says like the patient's dead because <laughs> it's a skeleton. That's funny. <laughs> so it does it does manage to sort of walk that line and be entertaining. Um, it, it reminds me tonally of Undertale in a lot of ways, not just because there's talking skeletons, but I think like the sense of humor also matches that like weird zoomer, not totally referential humor that makes me feel a little bit old but i'm cool with it like it works yeah you're not gonna like have to like get tiktok references to enjoy no 
Yeah, no. It's more it's like, a, yeah, it's like an energy about it. I, I yeah, I don't I don't know how to. Put Do you agree that. that it's like a Zoomer energy? <laughs> I don't know if I would say that because I feel like I would have to retire if I said. That. I don't mean that derogatorily. I think it's a good thing. No, I think it's a good thing. I guess yeah. I I think there's this weird thing where like the generation a little older than us was very like ironic, right? Mm, that, that's yes. like the slacker generation, Gen X. Um, like detached irony. And then our generation is kind of the 9-11 generation, which is like post-irony absurdism, which I would say was like heavily influenced by The Simpsons and yeah. like Adult Swim, where it was like, oh, I didn't expect that. And then um, the Zoomer generation style of comedy, I don't, I don't, I mean, it hasn't been around as long, so it's hard to kind of like it feels it like an earnest. There's an earnestness there. Yes, I think that's actually a really good way of putting it. There, there is like a sweetness to it, while also yeah. talking about like the end of the world. You know, it's like I feel like everything is like apocalyptic, but also like, hey, but you know, smoke them if you yeah. got them. <laughs> it's like cool, relatable. But smoking's not cool. So no, uh, yes, correct. Um, well, definitely not cigarettes uh, at all. So take yeah. that from us, your friends at the Resties. <laughs> anyway, Doug, uh, my way out of that hole. I, I want to talk about a little bit more about the mini games real quick. Yes, please do. Because it's, it's interesting from a design perspective when you compare them unquestionably inspired by uh, WarioWare. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that that is exactly what they're trying to recreate. But it is interesting from a design perspective because when you play WarioWare mini games for the first time, there's kind of a chance that you're going to succeed with like half of them just by sort of figuring it out in the amount of time that you have. Almost all of the mini games in this, you like instantly fuck up. You hit a button and it's like the wrong button and you just instantly lose. And there's an element of like, I'm just going to keep playing this until I figure out why I'm failing each of the mini games. So that is definitely a change. I don't know if it's a better change. It does make it feel a little more puzzly. Yeah. But you do also have to restart a lot more. Yeah. I, I didn't, I never felt like, um, I guess it's not fair in the same way that WarioWare is, quote, fair. But I it didn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah, it just felt different. It it did. Yeah, it didn't bother me. I, it, it felt different. I, I will admit I had some colorblind issues with this game. Mm. Yeah, that's specifically when I was trying to play bongos with a bunch of skeletons that were like jamming out on various instruments. Oh. Their red was a very important color in those scenarios, and I was failing, and I had no idea why. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it it happens, but uh, I I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun with it. It really doesn't feel, even though it's obviously very inspired by WarioWare, it doesn't look like any other game that I can recall playing, and it doesn't like feel like that mashup of like adding a narrative to the WarioWare format is really clever and it just feels like the, its own individual thing. I, I really, really dug it. Yeah, for people who want to check it out, again, it's called Spookware and it's by Beeswax Games. It's on Steam, I believe only PC right now, and it's like $12.99, so this isn't a, a big game. One uh, heads up for you. If you search for it on Steam, the logo looks like a like really bad military fps vr game or something oh I don't yeah know a good it way does to describe it it's it's not a it is a bad top image for a game that has like great art um so if you see that and you're like that couldn't possibly be the game that you're talking about click it 
And then uh, you know, look for Beeswax Games just to make sure. And look at the actual art of the game before you uh, you make any decisions. Because again, I think that art that art almost turned me off to, to yeah. giving it a try. I think there was also a freeware version that came out last year. I remember searching for it and noticing that there was a release that came out in 2020 that I think wasn't, it wasn't like a full game experience. It probably was just like some mini games. Yeah, I think it's on itch.io and I think it's like 10 of the games are on that. Yeah, if you wanted to just like check out the aesthetic, you could do that as well. Okay, let us take a break. Now we're back and feels like we haven't been gone that long at all. Uh, And I I think we should talk about what else we've been playing. I am going to talk about Tales of Arise. I feel like I'm I'm bringing my A game this week. This is the week that I I get you on board. Before we do that, I want to hear what you are excited about because that will fuel my my passion. Well, I am more excited about the game that I'm bringing than Tales of Arise, which I think people who listened to the last episode of the Besties Resties would remember. Tales of Arise didn't seem like my kind of jam, but I am very into my game, which is called, uh, I don't speak French, so I'm going to assume that it's pronounced Trey Bashers, and that's T-R-E-S hyphen Bashers, as in like you're bashing something. Like the Bash Brothers. Like the Bash Brothers, precisely. Trey Bashers. Uh, It's a game on Steam. It is a um, it is a Metroidvania insofar as you're it's a 2D game set in a large open map. It uh, you are a mouse who basically goes around the world hunting cryptids and you found yourself in a large I think it's a school that is completely infested with cryptids. And your goal is to basically go from room to room uh, hunting them down using your flashlight uh, and when you flash them with your flashlight, they become visible. And after that happens, you bash the fuck out of them with a bat. And it's incredible. Uh, so that more or less, it's kind of, you know, Luigi's Mansion-esque. But didn't you wish that Luigi had a bat to beat the shit out of these ghosts? Well, now you can. Um, it's a really cute, like, D-make. It's like if a game, uh, uh, like a Luigi's Mansion game came out on, like, Game Boy Color. Uh, I launched it on my PC and the window was like maybe a 16th the size of the entire monitor just because it was like so low res. But obviously, you know, you could full screen it. But that, you know, it tells you what sort of art style they're going for. Very, very pixelated, but still like charming and like full of life. The the mobility stuff, like just moving around the world feels really good. Every time you like hit stuff with your bat, it has this satisfying like, uh, you know how like Ness in Smash like Brothers crack. when he hits stuff with his bat and then goes, okay, that's what it feels like. It, it feels great. Um, so if you want to, if you're digging Metroid and you want to try something that plays with the genre in a completely different way, Trey Bashers is very good. Uh, it's 10 bucks on Steam. I'm sure it's on like Itch and stuff like that as well, but definitely check it out. The recommendation came from Derek Yu the creator of Spelunky uh, tweeted about it on, uh, and I saw that. And uh, there are a few people whose taste I trust more than Derek Yu. So um, yeah, definitely really good. Well worth checking out. That sounds like a good spoopy season game. It, yeah, it's great for spoopy season. Great. Okay, I'm I'm gonna check it out. Just like you 
are going to check out Tales of Arise. Can I, can I, before we dive into Tales of Arise, tell the people what I did when did I homework. found it? I did homework. And I appreciate that. So you might think that I did homework by playing the game. That is no. incorrect. I did not do that. There are limits. But what I did do for Tales of Arise, because I knew Plant, a- after Plant was so insistent and wouldn't take no for an answer in terms of bringing it up again, I went ahead and I watched like three or four uh, video reviews of Tales mm-hmm. of Arise of just like people going through all the features and watching gameplay and stuff like that. And um, having watched multiple video reviews at this point, all of which were glowing, I can safely say that it is not a game I will ever play. But (laughs) I appreciate that people are happy about it. It brings me joy that other people are joyful. And I want to hear why you're joyful and bringing it back again this week. Was there anything in particular that you learned from from this like this deep dive? I wouldn't say learn Uh, a few things that jumped out at me. One art style, which just doesn't do it for me. It's like a very traditional JRPG art style and it's just a taste thing. I don't like that style, but it's cool. I like, I don't begrudge people to do. The other thing I noticed was that it looked like, and cor- tell me if this is incorrect. It looked like if, um, platinum games, makers of games like Bayonetta, um, sure. and, um, that, uh, was astral chain went ahead and made a full-on JRPG. Like, that's what the combat looked like to me, where there was, like, a big focus on, like, dodge and then attack and and counter, the, you know, like, n- the numbers going up for how long your combo's going and special attacks. And, it like, again, another, like, I just have never gotten into the Platinum games uh, either. So there's just, like, a lot working against me here. But I, I do want to hear what is going on. What, why have you brought it back? Yeah, so I think I think all of that is fair, especially if you are watching it like as a YouTube video. Yeah, I will say this about the art. I I think the art is stunning. I like it so much better having switched to uh, playing it on a 4K TV instead of a computer monitor. Mm. Um, it, it it caught on 4K. It is gorgeous. It is. It's just very detailed. There's this thing that um, the the team who made this, who also made Scarlet Nexus, they incorporate particle effects in it, and by that I mean like you know like little sparks off of fire you know, and blades, smoke and stuff, armor, or smoke yeah. or, or you know fire embers, and um, it just it looks really rich. And I, I wish I had a better word to describe that, but it feels very lived in. Um, and I, I like something about uh, taking the kind of clean anime aesthetic and then adding all of this texture over it um, that makes it feel like a place I'm visiting and sure. not like a place I'm watching, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that what you're describing to me reminds me of like when I played through Nier Automata. Uh, yeah. Like it kind of had that vibe to it. This felt, again, I, I was just watching on YouTube. So like I, I, I'm not saying I got the full experience. This looked closer to a traditional JRPG style than Nier did. The setting, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I will say uh, Nier, I mean, yeah, you know I love Nier Automata. Yeah. I would not say it is... I don't want to say it's not the prettiest game. I would say it's not the most high-fidelity game. It has sure. great art direction, but the fidelity of it is... I low. mean, it was a three... What was it? 360 or Xbox One game? Yeah, it was Xbox One. And on yeah. top of that, I, it just... I don't think they expected it to be as big as it was. So I don't yeah. think they put as much money into it. 
where this game it really looks like a a modern i guess generation game it looks very bright it looks ex- it looks rich and expensive um so there's that the other thing that i want to talk about which you you brought up is the combat and mm. the combat is i i honestly i i can't think of anything that i've played like it in rpgs and that doesn't mean that there aren't games similar but the way it keeps layering on fun just like it blows me away so what i mean by that is uh, the way combat works is you run around uh open like the open world the rpg um you see characters in the world but once you run into them it throws you into like kind of an arena format and then the combat is uh you have like these weak attacks which is just spamming one button and then you have different spells that you can cast effectively and you can assign those spells to the face button so it seems like that's just the combat and you you try to combo those together with your character and that's the first hour or two of the game and then it's like hey you know what actually there's other characters and you can kind of assign them what to do you're like okay great that's another layer well then they add on to that and there are suddenly these power moves that you can unlock they're like tag team moves um, so you're like, great, that, that's nice. Then they add more characters and suddenly you're doing these tag team moves that look kind of like Marvel versus Capcom 2, where like the entire screen is taken over by these mm. just massive swells of color and flames and lasers. And everybody's just so excited to like kick ass together. Yeah, Someone made the comparison to Guilty Gear actually, which yeah. probably is fair. Yeah, I I think that's very fair. So you're like, okay, well, that's that. Then uh, most recently, and this is probably around like the 10-hour mark, I got a character who really doesn't shine unless you get these massive combos. And I was like, well, how is that possible? Because eventually your characters kind of run out of energy Mm. when trying to put things together. So I would get, you know, 20 hits, but I couldn't get to 100. And then I realized, oh, I can literally switch control between all the characters that I have, each of them have a completely different, unique fighting style. And I can juggle these combos just in constant rotation. Yeah. So I'm suddenly learning right now, I've mastered four very different characters, all of them complementing each other, basically alley-ooping myself between one character to the next, and then ending with this character who will get a 100-hit combo and then unleash like, all of hell's fury upon my nemesis sure and at at where i'm at in the game i realized it basically demands that of me it never said it in a tutorial it just kind of assumed that i would figure that out to crack the puzzle of like getting any further and that rules i mean it just it rules i the game is not perfect i do think i i kind of like joked about the silliness of the top level story that's true the dialogue itself is solid. The acting is great. Um, but the thing that just I can't believe is pulling me through this game, especially at RPG where I usually do not like combat, is the combat. The combat is just so propulsive. And yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna I, I'm I'm probably not gonna bring it back up again until I finish the game, which will be a while. Um, but I did want to bring it up just one more time because I, I liked it when I talked about it last time, and now I like I really love this game, um, and and I think it's something that uh, if you are if you are curious about it, you should check out. I do think fresh. I think I think you're like, hey, I do know for a fact this is not for me. 
is fair. I don't yeah. think this is like like near where I'm like, I don't even care if you don't like this stuff. <laughs> I think you should play it because <laughs> I think it's important. Sure. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I do think if you have like a curiosity about it, it's worth the effort. Yeah. No, I, that's that sounds about right. Can I say just very quickly, we've also been playing one other game. We're going to save talking about it mostly for besties, but uh, we, we both together have played some Back for Blood, and I'm mentioning it here only because it's good, and if if you're curious about it, we're going to be talking about it more, um, and this is a game I think there's like going to be a lot of enthusiasm for. I, it might be a week or two before we get to it, um, but that game's good. Yeah, no, I, I I've been loving it. It's fun if you're you just have two people. Uh, it's fun with a group of four. We were able to get all four besties into a game, which like very rarely happens, just because all four schedules lining up is very difficult. And getting everyone into the game and having like a total like zombie shoot fest was really quite a blast. And the fact that it's included in Game Pass, I think the game is going to be like a big popular hit with a lot of people. I really hope. I mean, I, I know there was a lot of skepticism that it could be as good as like what a Left 4 Dead 3 would be, but I truly have no need for a Left 4 Dead 3 yeah. having played this. I, I don't know what Left 4 Dead 3 would do for me. That I mean, it's, this the, game it's the same developers. So like they yeah. would, this is for, for all intents and purposes, apart from the name, Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah, yeah. Um, so any anything else you're playing before we get to the recommendations for the end of the show? no not really i've been picking at diablo still in the background it's you know weird and nostalgic and fun but uh yeah no that's that's more or less it i've been playing a lot of abc mouse I don't know app for babies <laughs> children <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let me tell you i've gotten pretty good at match games um that and honestly it's a blessing because my son I guess this is good. He discovered Sonic the Hedgehog, and by discovered, I mean I introduced him to Sonic the Hedgehog. Sure. And it, it it's a bit of like one of those curses where you're like, this is great. And then you have the Sonic the Hedgehog music playing in the background of your life. Yeah. All day, every day. Um, and you're like, I don't know if this is healthy for me or him. I mean, it's either that or Rafi, right? It's true, and we know who wins, Sonic. <laughs> um, so now he's kind of splitting his time between uh, between ABC Mouse, uh, Sonic, and like not looking at a screen. Does he um, know that Michael Jackson wrote the music? No, he doesn't. You know what? I'm not going to tell him. Um, <laughs> I don't think he needs to know. Okay, so that is everything that we have been playing do you have any any recommendations for folks this is our, our uh the big recommendation of the week yeah i guess we're trying to do recommendations that i feel like this is the trend now is to do recommendations that aren't games because oh, i love it so i'm gonna keep i'm gonna try to keep that going i don't know how long i can maintain because consuming content outside of games can be tricky but uh, I would strongly recommend for people that have never seen it or people that have seen it, but it's been a while, Cowboy Bebop, the anime. Uh, it is viewable on Hulu for sure. It's probably on Netflix and HBO Max if I had to guess, but I've been watching it on Hulu. Um, if you've never really gotten into anime, you feel like it's uh, too weird or alien or whatever, uh, this was the anime that I watched the, like the very first one when I was in college 
um, that like got me into anime in general. Um, and it's really good timing because there is a live action Netflix series that's coming out that may be good or may be totally terrible. Regardless, it'd be kind of cool if you had seen the series already and you kind of knew more about it than anyone else in the room. Wouldn't that be neat? Um, Really spectacular uh, story about bounty hunters in space with an amazing soundtrack by Yoko Kano who uh, messes with jazz in like really fascinating ways every single episode. Um, I, I really... I think it's spectacular and and really the height of the format in terms of like anime TV series. So highly recommend. That's great. I love it. I need to go back and watch it before the Netflix show. I'm I'm super excited for the Netflix show. I, I think I, everything I've seen, I'm very encouraged. I think the casting is spot on. I just know, you know, it's entirely to do like writing and editing. Like so much can go wrong. Oh, yeah. In in the creation of a show, even if you have all the right parts, it might not be put together properly. I hope that's not the case. Uh, you know, Netflix did The Witcher show about as good as I could possibly ask them to do it. And so I hope that Cowboy Bebop's the same, but, you know, no telling until it's actually out. <laughs> I was going to say, I saw the Ghost in a Shell movie in uh, plenty of evidence of how things can go wrong. But I went and actually saw a Ghost in a Shell at a theater in like the last couple of months. Yeah. Let me tell you, just shouldn't have been adapted. Like you're talking about, you saw the anime in the, the theater. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's good. It, it's not like my favorite, but certainly nothing about it is like, you know what we need? We yeah. need a movie version of this, which is largely just like philosophical dialogue and techno babble. Like, yeah. No, no, thank you. I mean, you. it's called the matrix. <laughs> That's true, and it's great. Uh, um, I, I would. Uh, I just wanted to ask before we end my little bit: Has there ever been a live-action remake of an anime that was good? Oh man, you you know when you listen to I, I don't know if you have this experience. I listen to podcast, and sometimes the host ask a question like this rhetorically, yeah. and I am screaming at them as I do the dishes. Um, <laughs> I imagine so many people right now are screaming at us. Please, with, that's great. Like a very obvious great answer. So I'm just gonna like give this. Here's a second. Okay, no, you know what. You are right, and you're valid, and thank you for sharing that. You could also share it with at the best use pod. Yeah, please tell uh, us, because so I genuinely can't think of any. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, okay, my my recommendation, I think this is the last episode before we are uh, out of Halloween season, so I'm going to go for broke. Uh, Spanish Dracula, and it's actually just Dracula, but it's the Spanish... Uh, version of it is on the criterion channel this month they did a universal horror movie uh collection and it is fantastic you when you think of like the universal horror movies you probably think of like normal quote english dracula sure you think of frankenstein right but the really fun ones are uh, often the kind of like spinoffs or sequels or the lesser knowns. One of them is uh, the Spanish version of Dracula. When they made Dracula, uh, they built it, I believe, in in the northern part of Mexico. And they had the English uh, actors 
make the film during the day. And then at night, uh, Spanish actors and crew came in and made another version of the film. And the film is, it's funny to say sexier because n- n- neither of them are like super sexy, but it's it's a little more risque. Uh, it moves at, I think, a little bit more of a playful clip than the original one. Mm. I think they're just having a bit more fun with it um, than the first, I guess, the English Dracula. Both of these films are great. Um, I think you, if you want a very old, very old horror movie, um, either is worth checking out. How do you f- but, how do you delineate when you're like going through the menus? Which so is this- it, in Criterion Channel, they only have this version. Oh, okay. Just like they don't have Frankenstein, they have Bride of Frankenstein, which, while not being as significant of a movie historically, is a better watch. Hmm. Um, and you, you don't need to have seen the first one. You you kind of know how it goes. Also, sure. if you want more Frankenstein in your life, you should watch Spirit of the Beehive, which is also on uh, Criterion. So that's that. The Invisible Man is on there, uh, which is probably the most gleeful uh, of the Universal Horror movies. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon is on there, which is the most beautiful by far. It was also shot like 20 or 30 years later than Dracula. So hmm. I would hope it looks better. Um the one other thing that I want to throw on here, a uh, thing that uh, our uh, coworker Austin Goslin recommended to me, uh, Prince of Darkness, a John Carpenter movie I had not seen. I will say nothing more than it is bonkers. It is so, so bonkers. And it's on Peacock. You can watch it ad-free. And the way I saw it, they basically put all the ads in the first half. Because, and whoever is working at Peacock, great work. Once the movie makes a turn, it really makes a turn and you would not want it interrupted. And somehow they knew to break up the ads in that exact way. Um, So if you are looking for just something just wild and like uh, I would say almost Lovecraftian Mm -hmm. in the truest sense, um this is this is the movie for you. Um, like all John Carpenter movies, um, not all, but most, it, it does have a slow build. Sure. But the payoff is, it is just delicious. Wow. Very good. Lo- I love those suggestions. Um, did you want to call out questions or? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So next time we are back. We're going to talk about Outer Wilds. I know that I mentioned that we would talk about it this time. Uh, Fresh wants to play the game. I do. Which I, re- I respect. Which is which is difficult for me because, again, I get motion sick while playing it. I think I'm going to try a few strategies to avoid it. I've heard that chewing ginger helps, for what it's worth. Um, maybe I'll get one of those wristbands. Ooh. I'm really, really going to try. And if I can't do it, I understand plant we'll talk about it regardless but i'm gonna really try that sounds good and we're also going to talk about uh favorite nintendo 64 games because nintendo switch online is expanding to nintendo 64 and sega genesis and we also can just like answer general ama questions so if you have questions about outer wilds or nintendo switch online games or i don't know like 
Whether what? you should dry yourself off in the shower or step out of the shower and then dry yourself off. Can I tell you, I change my opinion on this almost every There's day. one right answer. I'm not going to spoil it here, but there's one right answer to this question. So we're going to talk about it next time? Next time, yes. Okay, that's helpful. <laughs> um, it, you, we should also talk about, uh, should your toilet paper roll be unraveled outwards oh, or inwards? Also, uh, one right answer. I didn't even think I needed to, I don't think there's any doubt on that one. Can I be real with you? I've actually changed my opinion on it over oh the Oh my years. God. I know. I know. Well, we'll have to address this on a future episode. That might be the end of the attempt of the Rusties if, <laughs> the if, entire if, if things don't go right. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you have people that you want to you wanna mention? Yes. I wanted to thank a number of people who wrote reviews on the Apple Podcasts feed for the besties specifically calling out the besties resties so we really appreciate that uh big thank you to big poss two 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 several twos uh emmy the mac zforce 915 dale x gray and flex capacitor thank you for writing such nice reviews in the apple Podcasts uh thingy for uh resties we really appreciate it um thank you to everyone else i know there was a number of other folks that did that really makes us, uh, get, warms our hearts, and we really appreciate it. Uh, so thank you. So the games that we spoke about this week, again, I'll repeat them uh, briefly. Spookware is the WarioWare uh, game on Steam on PC that you can check out, and I believe there's an Itch.io demo for free, I think. Uh, Metroid Dread, the latest Metroid game on Nintendo Switch. Uh, Trey Bashers, uh, which is the... You kind of compare to like 2D Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, like if Luigi's Mansion was on a Game Boy Color. Yeah, um, which is on PC, right? Yep. Uh, PC, Mac, and Linux, actually. Nice. Uh, Tales of Arise, which is the GRPG that has made me fall in love with RPGs again. That is on uh, PC and consoles. Uh, briefly touched on Back for Blood which, hey, is in all sorts of places, but it's on Game Pass, which is very nice. And then we also recommended that you check out Cowboy Bebop uh, on, I think that's on Hulu, and it's going to be on Netflix in like a week and a half. Um, Spanish Language Dracula on Criterion Channel and Prince of Darkness, which is on Peacock. Cool. That'll do it. did it. I'm so proud of us. Are you going to say your bad tagline again at the end of the show? Oh boy, what was it? Um, oh, and that's it for the Resties, a video game podcast about the good games and not so much the bad ones, but also about the good ones because we like to end on a positive note.